And uh, you might want to turn to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to be in that today. Um, And really kind of following on from where we were last week about uh, being established, what it means to be established, really thinking about what it means to be elevated, to be lifted up. And uh, I'm going to look for a miracle today uh, because it's already 5 to 12. And uh, my my miracle that I'm praying for is that we finish on time. because there's a few things that I wanted to share just before we get into the message. And just really, you know, if, if you're newer into the life of the church, then some of this will be uh, news to you. Uh, but really felt the need to just little, have a little reflection on our journey over the last little while. Um, and really, the journey is, is kind of one of growth. And I really believe that the church has been growing in many different ways. Some of those uh, areas of growth are unseen. But lots of visiting speakers have come to the church and commented on the fact that the church has been growing. And it it kind of resonates with a a verse from Isaiah, which has been close to our hearts for quite some time, many years now, in fact. Isaiah 54, verses 2 and 3, where it says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Some of that is about establishing. Some of that is about getting rooted, strengthening the stakes. Lengthening the cords is about expansion and about that preparation for growth and new things. Verse 3 says, For you will spread out to the right and to the left, and your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. And that last verse in particular, there's something about that really resonates with with me as we look forward down the years as a church and look at children and young people who are coming up. And I really believe that God has a purpose for our children and for our young people to dispossess nations. One of my dreams for this place is that we become ascending church, that we send our young people who are becoming established out to do exploits, to do mission, not just here, but abroad as well, and to go to places that might seem desolate and to bring life, to bring God's life into those situations. And then add to that the prophetic words which have come into the life of the church over a number of years. And I really feel that God has been speaking to us, and we need to reflect on that, and we need to take what God is saying and say, okay, What do we do with this? What is the next step for us? And so we're listening to all of this and then a number of, well, probably a couple of years ago, uh, I didn't go back into all the the notes and and check dates, but we were looking at this and we were considering different options, things like uh, maybe a second campus or maybe going to multiple services, which we, you know, we didn't really see uh, the mileage in that. We looked at alternative premises. We also looked at moving our service out, our Sunday service out to Whitburn Academy. And uh, a few people breathed a sigh of relief, I think, when that didn't happen. Uh, But we were looking at all these different options, Uh, perhaps another venue that would be big enough to to hold uh, what we really felt that God was speaking to us about. And then after prayer, we opted for the academy, and we began to explore that. We even visited Larbert Pentecostal Church. Tim and I, where's Tim? There he's there. Tim and I went out to explore. We did a reconnaissance. He was Caleb, I was Joshua. Um, and we came back and we said, there's giants in the land, but we can do it. 
Um, and there was real practical implications for this as a church. Some of you will remember that we took up a vision offering, which Andrew, uh, who was our senior pastor at the time, wrote to us about. And uh, some of the things that we're looking at there were the annual rent for the academy, £5,000. New PA system and mixing desk, £4,500. Two video projectors, £4,000. Van for storage, transportation, all that kind of stuff, £4,000. And uh, we took up a vision offering to bring this money in. And as we were pursuing our move to the academy, we were also bearing in mind the longer-term solution, which was new premises. And by the way, just in case you think I'm going to surprise you, I'm not. We still haven't found that place yet, okay? Just in case you're kind of wondering, where is he going with this? And it became clear, uh, you know, kind of this time last year, maybe a bit earlier, uh, that Heartlands, we'd thought about Heartlands, but it became clear that that was not a solution for us, certainly in the short term. Um, But at the time, it became quite clear that the co-op building would be a fantastic location. And we were looking at this big, massive map of Whitburn, and it just seemed to kind of stand out. And so we began to explore... uh, we began to explore the, the possibility of, of purchasing that building, renting it with a view to uh, purchasing it. And so as we decided to do that, we decided that the academy move, we would need to put that on hold. And uh, at the time as well, we were looking at that move to the building along the road there. We actually purchased one of our video projectors, which is up here. But then as we went on, we realized that we kind of got gazumped at the last minute. And the building along the road there, which is still vacant, has been bought over by Aldi. Most people will know that. Um, It's still sitting empty. I still think it's a great location uh, because the amount of traffic that goes up and down there. It's still in the center of the town, particularly as it grows out towards the west. Anyway, we're praying about these things. And we kind of got pipped at the post. And frankly, we were surprised. Uh, If I'm being totally honest, we were surprised, but we were also disappointed uh, at the outcome. But then realizing underneath all this that God has a plan and God has a purpose and God has a timing in everything. And his timing is perfect. Action springs not from thought, but from a readiness for responsibility, says Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Those words become more and more real to me the older I get. And then we know last year, uh, quite a big change for us in the life of the church as Andrew and Lois felt that their time was up in Whitburn Pentecostal Church. And it's really interesting that that word was confirmed by Ray Stokes, who visits us regularly. Ray's coming back next month, you'll be pleased to know. And Ray confirmed that word with Andrew, and I think he shared that. And I I know for a fact that neither Andrew nor Lois needed that confirmation. They didn't need that prophetic word from Ray, because they knew in their hearts that it was the right thing to do. But perhaps some of the rest of us needed that confirmation, that it was the right thing to do. And uh, so we find ourselves in the place of having a new senior pastor, And on the point of the vision offering which we took, those funds which we have collected 
some of it's went towards that in advance, but those funds will be put in reserve uh, and we will use them for vision and we will communicate that to you when we know just exactly what we're aiming for. And as a leadership, we're looking at this whole subject of vision. Once again, we're going back to that and looking at that. I've really been quite honest with you here today. Uh, there's no secrets, no holds barred. I'm just sharing uh, my heart, our heart as a leadership. And so we're aware of the need to go back and look at our vision as a church. And that's what we're doing just now. We're praying, we're seeking, and these are changing and interesting days for us as a church, for Whitburn Pentecostal Church. You're allowed to give me a wee smile and let me know that you're with me, okay? I like smiley faces, not frowny faces. And really the things which I've been sharing over the last uh, few weeks, I think are, are kind of things which I feel are foundational to the life of a healthy church. Um, my, my desire and my heart is to be part of a church which is healthy. And by the very nature of it being healthy, it must grow. It's a natural principle in life. If we have health, we grow. And it's the same spiritually as well. If we're a healthy church, the church will grow. But the reality is that we're still in that process of transition. Changing leadership. Uh, a pastor who has been part of the church for 25 years when that pastor moves on, it necessitates change. There are things that we need to change too, and it takes time to make those adaptations. And in reality, there's very few probably left in the church who have seen all of Andrew's 25 years uh, as a senior pastor in the church. Last, last week, we thought about what it means to be established as a church. I'm watching the time disappear in front of me. I've not even started yet. <laughs> we thought about what it means to be established. And there are areas in our church life where I really feel we need to be perhaps better established. And that's one of the reasons that I asked Tim to look at the kind of business side of church life, to look at policies and procedures, to look at where we can save money, because Tim's very good at that, and Grace is even better. Um, but we need to, to look at our roots, look at our foundations as a church become established. But it's not just in the business and practical, it's in the spiritual as well. And I'm so aware of the lack of small groups at the moment, the lack of life groups, house groups, whatever you want to call them. And that's something that I really want to see more established in the life of the church because we come together like this and it's great and necessary. But I don't know about you, I really enjoy being in a small group because there's something about the intimacy of a small group where we can share, where we can pray for each other, where we can see even the gifts of the Spirit expressed in the small groups as well praying for each other, prophesying over each other, having a word for each other, and really experiencing God together. But today's word is a little bit different. It's about elevation. It's about elevating uh, as, as individuals, but also as a church. Now, I really feel when God speaks into the life of a church, we really need to listen to that. And 18 months ago, we had a chap with us called Gary Davidson. Many of you will remember Gary, uh, an American guy who works in the Assemblies of God 
in uh, Ireland. And uh, I actually emailed Gary this week to say, I'm going to be talking about that word which he brought. Uh, and it was interesting to get his reply 18 months down the road and just some of the things that he was saying around that. And I was really encouraged by that, that he will continue to pray into that on our behalf as well, uh, that, that we might have clarity. I thought it would be useful to listen to that word which Gary Davidson brought to us. Uh, I'm going to play it and then we'll see just what exactly we can get through in the next 20 minutes or so. So let's listen to Gary's word which he brought uh, 18 months ago. And, and while I was walking, I had this great sense of just anticipation coming on me. Uh, not something I would necessarily feel all of the time. I'm a very positive individual. You're going to have to be if you're going to survive Ireland for 34 years. But, uh, uh, but I had this great sense of uh, just welling up as I was walking. And, and uh, just this great sense of anticipation. And I said, Lord, what is this all about? And uh, the Lord said, well, this is something I want to do through the Whitburn Pentecostal Church. He didn't say it that way, but I knew what he was talking about. And uh, I said, uh, so, Lord, uh, what is the word that you have for this church this morning? And, and I had no sense of God saying anything until I got caught up in the worship today. My goodness, that was fantastic worship. You know, you're going to have to make this place bigger or do something, all of you people here. Uh, but anyway, uh, and I said, uh, and as I was worshiping, I had this single word for you, and that word is elevate. This is a word of the Lord for Whitburn Church, for the leadership, for the worship team, for the youth leadership, for the uh, children's ministry, for the daycare center, for the outreach, for the food banks, for everything you're doing. The Lord's word to Whitburn Church today is that I am sure I am very aware from just a brief conversation with Pastor that, that uh, you're looking at expanding. It's obvious to me that there's a need to do that. But the word is to elevate because if you're going to go to the next level numerically and spiritually and emotionally and physically, you need to elevate your, your style of leadership. You need to elevate your worship. You need to elevate your passion for the Lord. But I'm telling you, you can't do it yourself because the Lord desires to breathe upon this church. We see it so much as we see in Ezekiel's vision and the bones are there and the sinews come and they stand up and they're a mighty army but something is missing and the Lord says to the prophet can these live and he says being diplomatic and probably doubting a bit if it could he says thou knowest Lord and the Lord's word to be to you would be thou knowest the Lord will breathe upon you the Lord will help you go to the next level as you cooperate with him for the purpose that he has for this church in this generation in this community in what what is it, Lothian? West Lothian? Hallelujah. It's never been said that way before, but it's been said that way in the spirit. Amen. So, Lord, I just declare that over this church. I declare that, Lord, it's your desire to elevate and take us to the next level for your purposes in this generation. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Interesting word, isn't it, when we listen to it again? And, and hear those words again. And here we are, 18 months down the road. And uh, when I spoke to Gary about this in an email, I, I emailed him the transcript. 
and he recalls having an overwhelming sense of God's presence, like a real grace moment that was not expected and just swept over me, he says. And uh, very interesting that that word still resonates with many of us. Um, it's quoted off, uh, the, the words that Gary shared with us are quoted often. And he says, Elevate speaks of promotion, advance, of rising up. Talks about a preferred future in God. Talks about raising our game. This is just some of his thoughts. And uh, I, I thought this was really interesting. Ian and I had a brief conversation on Friday night at the Friday Fellowship. And you were talking about a football team, Ian. Um, can't remember exactly all you said, but it was about the players in the team. What was his name? The guy who you were talking about. Bill Shankly, who was the manager for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Aye, up you come. Up you come. Where's the microphone? Why not? We're going to run out of time today anyway, so just, just up you come. Up you come. We'll need to carry this message over into next week as well. It was very simple. He says, keep it simple. That was his philosophy with Liverpool when Liverpool had their great team. It was keep it simple. And I can identify with that because that was my passion, football. I wasn't a great footballer, but I could shoot. I knew if I could get the ball in the back of the net, the team would win. My philosophy was very simple. Run into an open space, and when somebody passed the ball to me, it hit it. <laughs> it was as simple as that. And uh, it worked. Um, Alec Glidden, who was the brother of Freddie Glidden, who captained Hearts when Hearts won their, the, the Scottish Cup um, in the 50s, he taught me to shoot. He taught me to shoot. And... I didn't have to think twice, and I'm emphasizing this because it was simple. If I got a chance, I hit it. (laughs) And I played with John Lambie. Remember John Lambie? John Lambie and I played in the same team, and John Lambie and I, between us, scored over 100 goals in one season. That was good. And I was playing from the left wing, outside the left. And it was a case of run into an open space and hit it. And a referee once said to my dad about me, he says, your boy has a million dollar left foot. And Hibbs was interested in me at the time. And the day after the referee said that, and I had scored three goals in that game to win a game that Livingston had never ever lost in their life at their own ground in a Scottish Cup tie, and I scored the three goals, and the referee said, your boy has a million dollar left foot, and the day after that I was injured. And I lost my chance to play for Hibs. Um, but it's significant that tomorrow is the 29th of February, and 56 years ago tomorrow was the day that I came to faith in Jesus. Hmm. And I look back now and I say that although I can think it all through, the way it happened and how devastated I was, I can think it all through and say my football career would have been over many, many years ago. I have more than football could ever give me mm-hmm. today. 
but to come back to the whole business. <laughs> I was wondering where you were coming to that, Ian. Keeping it simple. <laughs> keeping it simple. There's nothing complicated about it. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that, Stephen. Right. No, no, it's fine. Sorry. It's fine. But it is. Keep it. And Bill Shankly was the... I trim, go back and, and, and think about the Liverpool team. That's what he said. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. And that is the message that we need to have for this church. Do things well. Keep it simple. Do it well. Mm. I think what Ian shared uh, on the other aspect of that, which Ian shared on Friday night, was about guys who had a particular gift and skill and talent, and they were only asked to do the bit that they could do. Not to try and be the superstar and be everything. And he would hire guys who were maybe a bit rough around the edges and stuff like that. He said, was that Jock Steen? Oh, no, you're not coming up to talk about Jock Steen, okay? <laughs> but it was interesting because um, uh, Gary was talking about this thing about raising our game. And uh, he says, interesting, this is what came in his email. And I'd forgotten about this when we were chatting. It says, interesting that often opponents whine because another team has the cash to hire better players uh, when the winners just raise their game and go to another level of tenacity, another level of commitment and training. It isn't about working harder and redoubling our efforts to the point of exhaustion, but waiting longer with purpose to hear a fresh word from him. And then he references something which Brian Houston said, and we were thinking about this on Friday night at the Friday Fellowship as well. Uh, Let me read it. Uh, Brian Houston, uh, in response to a question at a small intimate gathering of senior leaders when uh, asked why Hillsongs were so successful, he responded, I kept showing up. It's just incredible, isn't it? I kept showing up. Do you know, there's something in that And if I don't even get to my sermon today, it'll be fine. But there's something in this for us about continuing to show up, just turning up with the faithfulness in our hearts, with praise and thanksgiving in our hearts coming together, whether it's in a small group, whether it's in this group as we gather on a Sunday, no matter what it is, whether it's in a ministry that we do, if it's with the kids or the youth, just keep turning up and keep expecting God to show up and to do something and to bring change into our community. If we want to be elevated, then we need to get the basics right. That's why the message on establishing is so important. We need to get the foundations right. If the foundations are poor, it doesn't matter how tall we go, when the storms come, when life happens and stuff happens in churches... If the storm comes and we don't have a good foundation, then it all topples over. And so we need to think about being established. Us being established in our Christian faith, in our walk, so that when the tough times come for us, there is that resource to draw on. There is that strength that is built into us. And by, by, by nature of health, there is growth. And we thought a lot about trees last week. Trees grow up the way. There was this bizarre tree which I saw in Ethiopia, which was growing that way. Never seen that before. I've seen trees grow that way and then grow that way, but they always grow up. And eventually, to get to our passage, I'm at the top of page two, 
of my notes, okay? And Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16 says this, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is, Christ from him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, interesting, Ezekiel 37 reference there, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. We will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. That's what our purpose is as individuals, is to grow up into his likeness and to experience more of his grace on our lives. You know, I used a little picture last week and, uh, oh, I'm going to miss this bit, okay? I was going to talk about next steps, but I'm going to pass that bit by. I'm going to pass that bit by, establish, elevate. I'm passing that bit by as well. To come to this picture here, do you know, it might sound very presumptuous. I, I talked last week about, you know, the older, more mature Christians helping the younger Christians to become established. And, you know, I think perhaps that picture isn't quite accurate. Because I don't know about you, but I think the most established Christians wouldn't think of themselves like this giant redwood tree here, this giant sequoia. And new Christians being like this tiny little baby because everything that we need is found in Christ that strength, that sustenance that we need is found in him and really, I, I kind of rethought this picture and thought about this scripture that in all things we grow up into him, this tiny little tree here, this tiny little sequoia tree will grow up to be like that and really we're not trying to emulate another Christian and their faith but we're trying to emulate Christ and all that he has done for us and all that he is doing for us. I was just sharing, uh, I think it was at the Friday Fellowship on, on, uh, on Friday night there. Uh, you know, I, I talked before about the most be, me being the most unlikely leader. And uh, many times as, as a younger person, I really struggled I really struggled with actually even going to other leaders and, and talking to, to leaders, particularly people who came across as being the big cheeses, you know, those kind of types of leaders, uh, people who you kind of look up to and you think, I will never, ever attain to those lofty heights. God released me from that. He released me through a word that was shared by a pastor who I thought was one of those kind of Guys, and he actually shared his heart and he said, actually, I really struggled when it came to meeting new people and going to people and, you know, I just prayed, God, you and I are going to go hand in hand and we're going to do this together. And something broke in that then. And I find myself sometimes being tempted to look at other leaders and what they're doing and think, oh man, I wish I was like that person. But actually, there's only one person that we need to emulate and that's Christ himself whose standard is far higher than any standard. Far higher than any other leader's standard. And we need to look to him. And I personally think that I am utterly dwarfed. I know that I'm short, but... Um, 
We're talking about spiritually here, okay? Utterly dwarfed compared to Christ and to his example for us. And that's what he's calling us to grow up into, to grow up into him who is the head and to become mature. And it takes lots and lots of little steps to get us there. Now, I'm going to read a little verse from Romans and then I'm going to finish and we'll carry on the rest of this message next week. It's from Romans chapter 8, verses 29 and 30. And it's in the message translation. So you might want to just listen to it. And these words I found incredible. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. The son stands first in the line of humanity that he restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives in him. My picture's disappeared. There, it's there. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him. After God made that decision of what his children should be like, he followed it up by calling people by name. Isn't that an incredible thought? That before the very foundation of the world, God had called you by name to be part of his family. To have a role in his family. To have a place of significance in his family. To be called a son of God. A daughter of God. He has called you by name and he has a purpose for your life. After he called them by name, he sent them on a, uh, he set them on a solid basis with himself. And then, after getting them established, he stayed with them to the end, gloriously completing the work that he had begun. I don't know about you, but that gives me tremendous hope. It gives me tremendous encouragement that God has begun a work in you and in I. And never, ever, ever let the devil come and accuse you and drag you down and tell you you're not good enough and tell you you're this and tell you you're that. You know, we make mistakes, folks. I make mistakes still. And I hear the devil's voice accusing me. Somebody already talked about that this morning. Was it you, Steve? Or was it Keith? Yeah, it was Keith as well. He comes and he accuses us. He is the accuser of the brethren. Don't listen to that voice. Don't listen to what he says. Because God has called us by name and brought us into his family and brought you and I into this particular aspect of that family for this time and for a purpose that he is beginning to open up to us. It's a new day. There's a song coming on. It is. It's a new day. God is doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? God is doing a new thing, and I am more excited today than I've ever been about church and God's purposes. And it keeps growing, and it keeps growing, and it keeps growing. And my prayer is that we begin to rise up in faith, 
to raise our game, you and I, each and every one of us, raising our game that we might become established, that we might be elevated. And there's some things in this message which I need to share in relation to that that are really, really important. We're going to come to that next week. So I'm going to ask the musicians to come back, but I'm also going to ask us to bow our heads, we're going to pray, and we're just going to wait in God for just a little second. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you that you have a plan and you have a purpose for each and every one of us. Father, that you have called us for such a time as this. And Father, just even as I say those words, I think of the story of Esther. I think of her courage, her tenacity, her desire to raise her game, to put herself in a place of danger. to encourage others to stand up and believe with her. And I think of the words of Mordecai, that if you don't, then perhaps God will raise somebody else up. But for such a time as this, God has called you. And Father, I really feel that for some of us, maybe you're saying that this is our time for such a time as this. Even as we look on the outside and we see things maybe that don't make sense. We can't see, perhaps, this new thing that you're doing. We get discouraged as we look around. Father, help us to hold on to you. Father, to just wait that little bit longer. Father, to keep showing up. To keep showing up in your presence in our daily devotions. To keep showing up together in our small groups. In this group, as we meet together on a Sunday. Father, help us to keep that flame alive within us. And Lord, we realize that we can't do this in our own efforts. But Father, we need you to breathe upon us as a fellowship. Father, we need you to bring that impartation of life into our very hearts and spirits. And Father, we look to you for that. We can't manufacture this. We can't do it in our own strength. We can't do it by force of effort. And Father, we've shared this verse so many times. It's not by might, nor by power, but by your Spirit. And so, Father, we avail ourselves today. We avail ourselves today of that grace which you long to pour out into our lives. Father, that grace which takes us from the beginning stages of Christianity into that place where we are totally centered on you. Father, that's our heart's desire is to be centered around Jesus, to be like him, and to be that expression of Jesus into our communities, into our workplaces, amongst our neighbors, amongst our family members. 
And Father, we pray that you just bring such a grace on our lives to share the gospel with people who need to hear it. And Father, I think of those in our families who have heard the gospel many times. And Lord, we pray that you would soften their hearts. Father, I think of the many wonderful people that I rub shoulders with every week who don't know you yet. And Father, we pray that you pour out your spirit upon them. Father, that you draw them to yourself. And Father, we pray that your house would be full of new children. Father, that you do a new thing amongst us. Father, I thank you for your plans and your purposes for each of us. I thank you for your plans and your purposes for this fellowship. And Lord, we pray that you'd help us to press in. Help us to break through and help us to rise up and be all that you call us to be. So Father, breathe upon us. We need that life of the Spirit. Breathe upon us, Father. Father, we thank you for all that you're doing. We look to you. You are our source. You are our strength. You are our life. Father, we are so dependent on you. And we give ourselves to you again. Father, we give ourselves afresh to you. To serve you. To worship you. To demonstrate our love for you in service not just in the four walls of the church here but Father outside the four walls and in our communities in our families amongst those who you've placed us with so Father give us that grace we pray that there be an increase in the grace in our lives Father we pray that there be an increase oh Father may there be an increase in those gifts which you have given us Father, we pray for an increased grace in those gifts. Father, that we might rise up in those gifts. And Father, there be such a richness in the body of Christ. Father, we, we don't just pray for ourselves, but Father, we pray for your church in this nation. And Lord, we long to see that new thing, that river of God flowing in our nation. Father, we recognize that we might just be a tiny little stream. But Father, as all those streams come together, it creates a mighty river. And Father, we long for that river of God to flow in our nation once again. Father, we ask that you forgive us, our leaders, for the decisions that they've made. Father, they would say they're acting on our behalf, but Father, you know our hearts are not acting on our behalf. Some of the decisions that are being made, oh Lord, we ask that you forgive our nation for those decisions. 
But Father, we pray that you bring a newness of life. Bring a newness of life, Father. Father, we think of many circumstances and situations that we have faced. We, we just come to you and ask that you would just turn up in those circumstances and those situations. Father, even in this week that lies ahead, there will be difficulties for some of us. And Lord, we pray that you'd help us to depend on you, to lean on you like we've never done before. Father, to press into you and to hold on to you. Father, to have that tenacity of spirit that holds on to you. So, Father, we pray, bless each and every one, every family. Father, may your face shine upon us. Father, may we know your grace. May we know your peace. May we know that intimacy of fellowship with you and with one another. So, Father, we pray, bless us as we go into another week. Father, we pray also that you bless our giving. Father, as we give tithes and offerings in just a little second, Lord, we pray that you would breathe upon our finances as a church. Father, that you'd multiply. Father, just even that, that, that realisation that a little with God goes a long way. So, Father, we pray, breathe on us, breathe on every aspect of the life of our church here. Because, Father, you know our hearts. Father, you know that it's, it's your church and you're building it. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So, Father, help us to rise up and be all that you call us to be. For our day, for our time, for our moment. Lord, help us to rise up and be all that you call us to be each and every one of us because Father you have a part for every single person to play in that thank you Lord we thank you for what you're saying to us Father we thank you for this service this morning and Lord we give you all the glory we give you all the praise we give you our thanksgiving Father we give you all of our worship because Father only you are worthy and so Father we pray even as we sing our closing song Father breathe upon it Father breathe upon us as we worship you In Jesus' name we ask.